And Father, we, uh, would you just fill our hearts with gratitude for, for all that you've done for us. All that you've done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. All that you have provided for us. All that you've accomplished for us. And Father, if you have done nothing but, but send Jesus to pay for the, the debt of our sin, you have done far more than enough. But thank you for all that you've done and all that you've given. Fill our hearts with deep gratitude and recognition that it's all from you. And so, Father, as we turn to your word and continue to worship, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts to receive and minds to just uh, cognitively process what it is that you want to say to us. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, how was everybody's weekend? (laughs) Mine was pretty good yesterday. So, uh, but anyway, it... uh, don't want to harp on the Longhorn victory, but, uh, but wow, just incredible for me. Uh, and this is how sick and twisted I am as a college football fan, is I celebrated it for about five minutes, and then I began to immediately worry about Wyoming next week. So I, I enjoyed it for about five minutes. Um, hey, before we uh, kind of get into here, I, I just want to tell you about a couple of things that are coming up um, that we would love for a couple of different people to be involved in. And I was talking to somebody last week. They said, hey, how's Gospel City going? I said, man, it it really is going amazing. And there's two groups of people that have really just grown in 2023. Um, And uh, it's amazing. And and we've grown these last eight months. We have so many young adults coming and young marrieds coming. And then we have this 70-plus crowd that's just blessing us. And we have these bookends of life, and it is just, that, that is a sign of a healthy church. And so, uh, so thank you for bringing your friends and your family members. And so here's what we're going to kick off here. Uh, the first one for the, young, for the young adults, on October 8th, we have, um, we're doing from 5 to 7, we have Derek Kinney coming. We're going to have dinner, and he's just going to talk about finances for, 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 young, for young people and what should you be doing now to set yourself up for the future. And so we're going to offer that. You can RSVP on our website, and so that's coming up on October 8th. I want you to be a part of that. I want you to invite your friends to that. And then on September 19th, it's a Tuesday, uh, we're, we're going to kick off a monthly luncheon for our 70-plus crowd, okay? And, uh, and yes, we will card at the door. Okay, uh, but we're going to meet in our office. We're going to do, we're gonna, Caleb and Rachel are going to lead us in a couple of hymns. We'll do a devotional and then we'll provide lunch. And then whatever happens after that is just kind of up to those who come. I would love to learn how to play dominoes. Okay, personally, I'd love to learn how to play 42. My dad tried to teach me, but by the time everybody got three dominoes down, he just said, okay, I know what everybody has. Let's move on to the next hand. I never learned, okay? So if somebody teach me how to play dominoes, I'm a great spades player, okay? I don't sandbag, so if you want to play spades. So whatever happens after lunch, we'd love for you to come and just hang out. So, so that's for our young marriage, and that's for our 70-plus. Invite your friends. September 19th is our first kickoff lunch for that. So... That's all that. I hope you guys will attend. Let us know that you're coming so we have enough David's barbecue for everybody. So here we go. Um, We are in the middle of this series. Actually, we're getting towards the end of it, actually. We're in the New Testament part of the series of Storyline. 
And what we've been doing for the whole year is uh, we've been looking at this common thread that runs through the whole Bible that points us to Jesus. And last week, we talked about the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, known as the Beatitudes. And, and these few verses are statements about what our attitude should be as Christ followers, that we should be meek or gentle, we should be, uh, uh, we should be poor in spirit, we should be uh, comfort, bring comfort to people who need to be comforted. We uh, should hunger and thirst for, for righteousness, not of our own, but for that of Christ. And, and these are some statements that really say, this is where we will find Jesus and this is what we should be about. And, and so today we're going to talk about prayer. And so if you brought your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter six this morning. Uh, if not, we'll put it up on the screen. But, but most of us have probably been praying uh, for the majority of our lives. Uh, and yet there's probably some things that we don't really understand about prayer. And that's exactly where the disciples found themselves. And they, they grew up Jewish men. They grew up memorizing and saying all these uh, incredible prayers of faith. Um, but yet here they come to Jesus after their, uh, during this sermon, after this sermon, they say, hey, teach us how to pray. We wanna pray like you. Okay, so teach us how to pray. And so this is what Jesus says, starting in verse five. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Okay, so everybody says, oh, wow. Look how religious they are. Look how, uh, look how good they are. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full, okay? But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So it's not about how long we pray. Um, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And this then is how you should Pray, And so the first thing that Jesus tells us um, when he's telling us about prayer, telling the disciples about prayer is where to pray. And he says, go into your room and close the door. And the disciples are like, oh, can't we pray anywhere? And Jesus says, yes, you can pray anywhere. Um, but, but when you pray, you want to maximize your time. It, go, go where you can seclude yourself. Because this is about removing as many distractions as we possibly can. And so prayer is so much more than help me, bless me, save me, or God do this, or God do that. Jesus says, pour your hearts out to your father. But just remember, your father already knows what you need before you ask him. So don't spend all your time on that. And immediately I'm like, I'm guilty. Because typically, you know, the, what the thing that... Uh, Maxima, the thing that uh, takes the most time out of my prayers are the things that I want God to do, the things that I'm trying to control, the things that the outcomes that I want to see happen. I don't know if you're like that, but when I pray, I tend to spend the majority of my time on something that Jesus says, don't spend all your time on this because the father already knows what you need. He knows what we need before we know what we need. And so how are we supposed to pray? Because if we're, what we're going to discover today is that prayer is not just talking to God. It's, it, it's not just uh, giving God a to-do list. And it's not something that we do in the car. And it's not something we do to fall asleep at night. There's so much more 
than that. Than that. And so this morning, we're going to see three elements of prayer. And I, I don't want to give it, you know, all, like we normally do, give you all three. We'll unpack them. We'll unpack them as we go along. And so the first element of these three elements of prayer is that we need to declare the greatness of God. Declare the greatness of God. And we're like, okay, what, what does that mean? What does that sound like? And, and this is what Jesus says. And he gives us this Lord's Prayer. And he doesn't give us the Lord's Prayer to memorize. Okay, he gives us the Lord's Prayer as a map, as a guide of this is how we need to pray when we pray to maximize our time with God, but also to, to really have this relationship, this personal relationship with God. So this is, what it, this is what it sounds like to declare the greatness of God. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That, that Jesus says, basically he says, don't start with you. And I'm like, that's normally who I start with. Okay. But Jesus says, don't start with you. Start with God who invites us to call him Father. Now let's not rush over this. That, let's think about this. Let's, let's just pause for a moment because we need to pause long enough to recognize who it is that we're talking to. That when we, we need to understand that, um, that we're talking to the God of the universe here. We're talking to the creator of the universe. Remember last week when we talked about how the creator of the universe, the one who created the vast ocean or the majestic mountains or the million stars, and it just kind of makes us go, oh, wow, you know? Not only we said last week that the creator of the universe, he knows your name. But this week, what we see is the creator of the universe not only knows our name, but he invites us to call him father, dad, papa, daddy. He, he doesn't say, hey, when you address me, you address me as Mr. God. Okay? He doesn't say, when you address me, you address me as sir. He doesn't say boss. He doesn't say you call me boss. He doesn't say, you know, you call me oh supreme one, oh great creator one. He says, when you address me, when you, when you come to pour out your heart to me, address me as father. The number one characteristic that Jesus wanted to reveal about God to people was that he is a father. He is a perfect, loving, kind, gentle father. We don't need to rush over that or pass over that. Because the better understanding we get of God, the better understanding we get of who we're not. We're not God. We don't sit at the center of the universe. We're, we're, we're not in control of our own destiny. But that God sits at the center of the universe. He holds all things together and he needs to sit on the throne of our hearts. And the more time we spend acknowledging, the more time we spend embracing, the more times we spend experiencing who he is, the more confident we become in who he is and his ability to handle the things we go through. 
Let me say that again. The more we experience, the more we embrace, the more we know about God, the more confident we become with him handling the things that we experience. In other words, when when the storm hits and life is out of control and we're walking through things that are painful and difficult, that yes, it does hurt. And yes, we don't want to be in it. But we know that we know that we know that we have a God who can be trusted. And so how, how do we do that? How do we get the greatness of God? How do we understand God better? Well, it's through his word. One thing that, um, that, I, that I try to do often is to read through the Psalms. And, uh, and as I do, I, uh, I circle different names or characteristics of God. And, some, and, and the Psalms are just full of who God is. And so what I do is I circle those and just Psalm 18, just the first two verses are chocked full of names and characteristics of God. And so it says, I love you, Lord. We circle Lord. My strength, circle strength. The Lord is my rock. We're, we're, under, we're circling Lord, rock, fortress, deliverer, God, rock, refuge, shield, horn of my salvation. In other words, the only way that I can have forgiveness of sins and my stronghold. And so I circle those and then I spend some time. Okay, God, what out of those words, those names and characteristics of you, do, do I need you to be for me right now? And so I, I've really needed God to be my, my refuge lately. Just a safe place where I don't have to worry, where I try not to worry because I worry about a lot of things and I get stressed about a lot of things and I need him to be my, my refuge and my strength. And then I think, then you take a moment, you think about, okay, how has God been this to me before? Because he's the same God today in, or yesterday and today, how will he be that for me today? Because he'll be that for me tomorrow. And the more we do that, the more we get to know our father through his word, the bigger he gets. Not that he gets any bigger, but our realization of who he is is bigger. So declare the greatness of God. That's the first element. The second element that that Jesus uh, goes on to, and and it's the the part that we want to just pass on by. Because this is the part that takes time. This is the part that's difficult. But this is the part, this is the stuff that changes our lives. And the second part is to to surrender my will. So we spend some time declaring the greatness of God. And now Jesus says, spend some time surrendering your will. Verse 9, Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, Father, before, before I get to my needs, before I get to my wants, before I get to what I need you to know and what I need you to do and whatever the answer is, uh, I just want to go through a process of surrendering my will to yours to say, not my, your will before my will, your kingdom before my kingdom, your agenda before my agenda, your plans before my plans. God, I, I am declaring your greatness, and I'm surrendering all of me to you. Now, this is kind of where our prayer time breaks down because we don't want to do that. Because a lot of us, I mean, typically my prayer, like, you know, kind of goes like this, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be my name. You know, my will be done, my kingdom come. 
on earth as it is in heaven. You know, give me, uh, you know, give me today everything that I ask for, okay? And lead me not into temptation because I can find that all on my own, amen. But Jesus says, spend some time surrendering your will. You see, it's scary to do this, right? It's scary to release control. And, and I spend a lot of emotional energy trying to control things I really have no control over. But it's scary to pray, God, I, I surrender everything. I, I, I surrender my family, my marriage, my kids, my singleness, my, you know, my, my finances, my, you know, my future. And to just be real honest, I mean, this is one area that I'm really struggling with as, you know, my, as my daughter has moved down to Austin, you know, struggling with this control and, and, and just, just struggle with this. But, you know, Jesus, if you look at his life, the night that he was arrested, before he was arrested, he was praying to his father in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what Jesus was praying, he was praying, you know, Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way to rescue humanity, if there's any other way to pay for the sins of man, if there's any other way, if there's a plan B, let's go with plan B, but not my will, your will be done. And then Jesus willingly went to the cross. And you know what? It may take years for us to surrender our will to give things to him and not take them back because typically I'll give something to God and take it back by lunchtime. It may take years. And you know what? God says, that's okay. Because at least it's personal. At least it's personal. So the first element of prayer is to declare the greatness of God. The second element of prayer is to spend some time surrendering my will. And then, or surrendering your will. And then the third element of prayer is to acknowledge my dependency. To acknowledge my dependency. So here we go. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. In other words, you don't have to memorize this, but this is a roadmap. This is a guide. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, which by the way is my favorite phrase to pray. God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Okay? Give us today our daily bread. Now, as soon as he said that, these Jewish men, they thought back to the Old Testament. They knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. They, they went back to the stories of when uh, God led the people of Israel out of slavery to the Egyptians and crossed the Red Sea on dry land and were about to go into the promised land, but they didn't have enough faith in God. And so God made that generation die off in the wilderness. And so for 40 years, they, they, they wandered around in the wilderness, but every day he gave them their daily bread. Every day they would go out in the morning and there would be this... Uh, manna bread, this, this flaky bread on the, on the ground, and they would pick up their daily ration for their family. But if they picked up too much to save it for the next day, it would rot overnight. And so, they, so God literally provided for them their daily bread. And as soon as uh, Jesus said this, they recognized that. And what God was trying to tell the people of Israel as they wandered around in the desert and they would pick up their daily bread, that every time they pick up their daily bread, God was saying to them that there's going to come a day where you're not going to have to get your food supply on a daily basis. 
There's going to come a day you're going to plant your own crops. You're going to, you're going to harvest your own, your own grain. There's going, to, there's going to come a day that you're going to have your own houses. You're going to have your own cities. There's going to come a day that you can provide for yourself. But I want you to remember it's not about you. It's all about me. You are dependent on me. Now, now, in this Western culture we live in, it, it's hard for us to get our hearts and minds around this because we are so self-sufficient. We have so many things at our disposal. It's hard to get in our minds that we are dependent on God for everything. But he's saying, remember that it's all about him and it's all about God and that we are dependent on him for our daily provision. Jesus goes on. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. In other words, <laughs> okay, Father, not only am I dependent on you for provision, but I'm also dependent on you for forgiveness of sin. And Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to live the life I can't live and die the death that I deserve because apart from him, I don't, for, I don't have forgiveness of sin. But just as you have forgiven me, Father, help me forgive those who have sinned against me. Now, that's difficult to do. And I'm not talking that forgiveness, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that forgiveness means reconciliation of the relationship. And I'm not saying that forgiveness means that we need to pretend nothing ever happened. And I'm not saying forgiveness doesn't mean that restitution needs to be paid. But forgiveness means that you and I, when somebody has wronged us, we come to the point of acknowledging that Jesus has forgiven us of our sin, and so I forgive them. In other words, they don't owe me anymore. They may, not, they may never ask me to for, forgive them, but you know what? My forgiveness of them is not based upon their request. It's based on God's command. I don't want to be around them. I'm not going to have a relationship with them, but I forgive them. They don't owe me anymore. And I am trusting that when Jesus returns and he creates a new heaven and a new earth and makes all things right, everything that that person stole from me, everything that, they, that, that, that life has robbed of me will be restored as if it was all, as it was supposed to be in the first place. And, and I... We read those statements last week in the Beatitudes and so I've been processing the Lord's prayer and what's required of us as Christ followers. I mean, following Christ, the, the more I discover, it, 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 it requires all of who we are. That, that the more we, we, we discover about Jesus, the more, the more we realize that it requires every attitude everything in our lives to be yielded to his authority. That it's all of us, or it's all of who we are and none of who we are. Even forgiving people who have wronged us. And then Jesus continues. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from, e from the evil one. In other words, Father, not only am I dependent upon you for provision, not only am I dependent upon you for forgiveness of sin, but I'm dependent on you to protect me from the evil one. 
please, Father, protect me. Give me strength from the evil one. And we talked about the, tem- the temptations that Jesus faced a few weeks ago and how he dealt with the temptations. Of, remember how he did that? After every temptation, he responded with, it is written. And how you and I deal with temptation is not only do we depend on, on our Father to give us strength, but we depend on the Father's word. So that when we're tempted by the evil one, we can respond not with just willpower, but we can respond with it is written and resist the devil. And so we pray, Father, would you protect me from the evil one? Will you protect my children from the evil one? Will you protect my grandchildren from the evil one? Help me as a parent, help me as a grandparent, and still in my children, in my teenagers, your word, so that they can respond to temptation with it is written. And then the prayer just ends. Just ends. Now, now somewhere along the way, somebody you know, wrote in, for thine is the kingdom and, and the power and the glory forever. You know, but probably some wedding singer who's getting paid by the minute, so he had to extend it out. But the prayer just ends. And so as the band comes and we ready our hearts to respond Prayer is not big, fancy words. Prayer is is not about how much time we spend. it's, It's about our hearts. It's about engaging our hearts with the heart of the Father. It's about declaring the greatness of God. You're like, how long is that gonna take? I, I, I don't know, how much time do you have? You have five minutes, 10 minutes? I mean, how, how long does it take for me to knock me off the throne of my heart and put God at the throne of my heart? How long does it take me to realize that God is greater and bigger than any problem I face? How long does it take me to remind me that, that God can be trusted? was declare the greatness of God. And then we surrender, surrender, surrender my will. Well, well, how long does that take? I don't know. How much stuff do you have going on? How stubborn of a boy are you? It takes me pretty long to do that. So well, I, I, don't, I don't have that much time. It's okay. Start, start there tomorrow. And we acknowledge our dependence. How long does that take? Well, how many things are on your list? Well, if I don't ever get finished, well, that, 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 that's cool because it's personal. And we'll just start there tomorrow because following Jesus is just one day at a time. And let's discover more about who God is, our Father, our Father, who knows our name who invites us to have a relationship with him. Let's share our hearts with him tomorrow and the next day and the next. And I'd I'd like to invite everybody to stand. And Michael, can you put those verses on the screen? As we get ready, could we just say this together? And not, not that it's, repeating these words that it is the power but it's the faith behind the words to whom we're praying 
But let's just start with our Father and let's say these words together as we ready to worship. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Oh, Father, every day, let us be pouring our hearts out to you. And we let, our, let our trust in you be, be good and that you are a good father and that you can be trusted. And that you are the source of wisdom. You're the source of strength. You're the source of power. You're the source of forgiveness. You're the source of resurrection in our lives. Grow our, grow our knowledge of you. Grow our knowledge of the word so that we can respond to the evil one. It is written. Father, we thank you for all you've done. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.